Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805. I'm Michael Anderson, and we wish you a very special Happy Easter. Uh, today we have Jim Sheldon on the program. We've got a great show for you today. And as always, we hope to make the next 30 minutes a very good investment of your time. Today's show is brought to you by Geico Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of Geico Local Office, 805-487-7847. It's time for Big Money in the 805 with your host, Michael Anderson, bringing you a feature interview, a local nonprofit spotlight, and some financial wisdom. Get local and relevant information for the 805. For show notes and more information, go to maranatha.com. And now, here's your host, Michael Anderson. And a happy Easter. Welcome to the program today. We have a very special show, as I mentioned. We're going to be talking about Easter, and we have Pastor from Mission Church in studio as our feature interview. That's Jim Sheldon. We also have Madeline Hoffman. She's a junior from St. Bonaventure High School. She'll be talking about the Ventura Fire Foundation. That's going to be exciting. And Tim Gallagher sharing what's in the news this week. So a fantastic show today. Spence, always a treat. You're digging through the Easter basket. Got my I love Easter it. basket right here. <laughs> so what are some Easter memories you can share as a kid, Spence? My Easter memories are, are fun ones because uh, my parents were pretty good about Easter. And one of the things they would do, they'd hide the basket. And within our basket, which was a classic basket, they would always put quarters and dimes and nickels. And back in the day, that was baseball cards and a lot of gum and a lot of fun. So that was pretty cool. On an average Easter morning, way back, uh, we get like five bucks. But then we had a neighbor move in, the readings, and they had an egg hunt. And their prize egg had a $5 bill wrapped around it. Nice. These guys rolled big. And I looked at my dad and said, what's <laughs> up with the nickels, dimes, and quarters? Mr. Reading over there has folding money. And they always <laughs> invited us over for their Easter egg hunt. And we had so much fun. And that went on, I think, into my 20s. I still participated because the money was good. But Easter memories were always uh, just a really, really fun time. You had the week off from school. Good memories. Oh, that, how neat. How special. It is fun to get nostalgic and think about Easter for a minute and being a kid and waking up and going to find the hidden Easter basket or the, the Easter egg hunt and you get some exciting candy. And as you get into be a teenager, it's the money you start to look for and the golden egg. Uh, always a lot of fun. We wish everyone a very happy Easter and uh, we've got a great show for you today. We're going to jump into our feature interview. Uh, so we'll be right back with Jim Sheldon. Uh, Jim Sheldon is the executive pastor at Mission Church in Ventura, California. Jim helped start this church in 2011, and they've grown to be a strong anchor in the community. Mission Church has played a big role in the coordination of the Thomas Fire Relief efforts. Uh, Jim, it's a treat to have you in the studio. Happy Easter. Thank you for being on the program today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's start the show talking about this. Did you always want to be a, a pastor? I mean, you're the executive pastor now. Did you know you wanted to do that, or did that something? Did that come to you later in life? Uh, I didn't even know executive pastor existed uh, as a kid. I, uh, being a pastor was not something that was even really on my radar. I grew up in a family where faith was important, and we went to church, and it really was foundational to our family. We navigated a ton of things like all families do at a older sister that passed away from cancer when I was six years old, and that kind of really solidified our faith as a family, what we were going to lean on during a difficult time like that. And then a pretty common story after high school, kind of went a different direction, kind of walked away from church and started partying and finding different friends to hang out with and 
found out, unlike Easter eggs, there's other ways to make money. So I started making a lot of money, got a job at a bank, and money, success, career, title became the thing that I was chasing. And that was right. most of my early 20s. And so it really wasn't until uh, my mid-20s that I realized that all of those things were empty and weren't providing really the, the identity that I was looking for. Uh, and I needed to find that somewhere else. And ultimately, that led me to church where uh, I encountered Jesus and have the, the faith that I have now. And then long story short, they asked me to leave the bank and come work for them and lead some ministries and do some things for them. And so I made that jump back in 2005. Um, and then the rest is has been history. Well, that's great. I mean, the church has been growing in a big way. And let's talk about that on your website uh, for Mission Church. It says uh, talks about hope. And I really liked what it said. I'll share. It says, a lot of things in life are overrated. Hope is not one of them. Hope lets us believe that things can be different. It allows us to dream, changes our perspective. It sees potential. And hope means it's not over yet, that maybe our lives could be less complicated, our families could grow closer, that we could find more peace or purpose or direction or meaning and love. And no matter who we are or where we come from or what our lives look like, we all could use more hope. So I really like that about your church. It says that. How does Mission Church help people find hope? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say one of the things that we we would describe it as it's tangible hope. It's got to be something that you can touch, feel, experience. It's not just you know a saying that's on a coffee mug or hanging on the wall. It really does have to impact the, what you're experiencing in life. So I, most of the people that walk in our doors are asking the question of whether or not what we're teaching works. Not even whether it's true. They want to know, like, is this really going to help me in my marriage? Is it going to help me with my addictions? Is it going to help me as a parent? Is this going to help me in my insecurities? And at the end of the day, when you start uh, providing teaching and community uh, that helps people understand that they're not alone, that they're not defined by their successes and failures, that they're defined by much more than that, their significance isn't wrapped up in what they contribute to society or what they do from nine to five, uh, but it's really in who God says they are. And that begins to ignite something in people when they start to experience that in the midst of their circumstances never changing, uh, their hope changes. And that, that was my story. Like I said, when I was in my 20s, just had kind of my world crashing around me, and it was all the stuff that I had worked to build up and stuff that I had propped my life up on and stuff ultimately I couldn't control. And I realized that I didn't want my hope to be anchored in something that I had no control over. And so I think when you, when you have your hope rooted in faith, what you begin to uncover is that regardless of circumstances, where your hope, your source of hope becomes something that's like rock solid and doesn't shake when all the things around you start to fall apart. I think that's well said. Um, and I want to talk about this as well, because in the Thomas fire in December, it shook us all. The whole community came together so quickly. But in a large way, Mission Church became the hub for donations. And give our listeners an overview of how the Mission Church helped with the relief efforts at the Thomas Fire. Yeah, so from the beginning, I think our desire has been to be the kind of church that helps our city. That regardless of what you believe, if we didn't exist, uh, people would be sad about it because they would know that they were doing good in our community. And a lot of times we can overcomplicate what that looks like. For us, we try to keep it really simple and we ask the question, uh, what's in our hand and where's the need? And so we have, a, we have a massive building that we've been renting for the last few years. It's the old theater off of Johnson Drive. So it's 16 screens. It's a huge building. Uh, so there's a lot of things you can do with real estate, with space. And so when the fire happened, we also knew what was in our hand is people that will want to serve. We can mobilize volunteers very quickly uh, in our church. And so that night by 930, we had a shelter open and ready to go uh, while people were still figuring out that they needed to evacuate. We also had 100 cots that we had uh, acquired uh, just knowing that we would want to be the type of place that could do this if something happened. And so we were sheltered for the first three nights, had about 50 people a night sleeping in our building. We had about another 100 come through during the day, uh, just got a smoke, get a meal, that sort of thing. And then we realized that shelters were 
popping up and no one was at capacity. And that really wasn't a, a need anymore. We s realized the need that was emerging was people didn't have supplies, that they left their homes or uh, low-income families weren't going to work and were, didn't have money uh, to go out and get what they needed. So we started be collecting donations and we filled all 11 theaters that we weren't using. Uh, literally had semi-trucks wrapping around the building. Uh, we had over a thousand volunteers every day sorting, separating, folding, sizing. Uh, and then we served over 900 families that came through to pick up supplies and really try to do it in a way that wasn't like sort through the heap of donations, but was instead an honoring process. They got a personal shopper, a shopping cart, went shopping for their stuff. We loaded their cars for them. And it really became a healing process, both for the people in our community that volunteered that needed to get their eyes off of the problem and onto the people that were affected by it. And those that were hurting had a place to process that and experience real practical help and tangible hope in the midst of that. And then after that, Red Cross opened up their distribution center. So we sent everything over to the Red Cross and just looked for the next opportunity and it was all financial. Like there were people that lost their homes, but also a huge segment of our community that lost work mm -hmm. and were low yeah. income and lost power for a week and all their food went bad. And so I'd say thousands of people in our community had financial distress and we were able to partner with other churches. A lot of people don't know the, the impact that churches had in our community during that time, but I would say well over $150,000 have been distributed to fire victims through local churches. And we've helped probably close to 500 families uh, with resources that they needed and no strings attached. Like it really is just, we feel called to help. We're not chasing credit. We're not looking for, you know, there's no hooks in it. We're not looking for them to do anything. Like we really just want to help. So that's been an opportunity that's come up through the Thomas Fire and continues. We still are able to offer financial support for people that are going through hard times. Well, it's great. Uh, I mean, it really is. I, I know people have been touched by that and just not only what you've done, but the organization, the way you've been organized to get through that. And I do want to touch on this as well. You mentioned the the faith community. Can mm -hmm. you speak to that a little bit of how the, all the churches kind of were coming together? Yeah, it really was amazing. I think we've had, uh, I, I want to say we, we had a lunch in the middle of this, just thinking eight people would show up. And it really, we had no plan. We just wanted to talk. And we had 25 churches represented at this meeting. And it really was, regardless of background or differing beliefs, it really was like, how can we help? Like, this is not about us. This is about our community and helping people. And uh, we, we continue to link arms. It really has been, I think, a, a collaborative effort where no church is trying to get credit or, like, look good. We, I think all the churches look good uh, when people are helped. And so that's been the case with this, where regardless of church size or church resources, everyone's been able to offer help to people that have been in need with the same thing, with no, no strings attached to it. I think it's interesting. I had Jim Rice, the CEO of the Red Cross, on the program, and we were talking about the shelter that was set up at the Ventura County Fairgrounds. And he was talking about the relief that they offer at the fairgrounds, but then a lot of the other types of relief will come from the faith community and the service organization community. And, and that's exactly what you're describing. So I think Jim was right, and it's a beautiful that you guys were filling the need in that way and continue to do that. I know at times during the Thomas fire, I was getting a lot of phone calls and I think people felt hopeless. Like, how can I help? And I don't, I, helpless is a better way yeah. uh, the better word there, but they resorted to prayer. And I know a lot of friends that I have are spiritual, but they may not go to church all the time, but they don't pray all the time, and, but they did in this time. And so I want to ask you about prayer. How can people pray in normal times too? So we sometimes pray in just the bad times, but yeah. talk to us about prayer. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I'm encountering this personally with my 10-year-old son, like trying to, <laughs> to navigate this with him where he's going, I, you know, I pray every time I have a test and sometimes I fail my test, you know, and it's like, well, that's not, it's not a genie in a you know, bottle type of thing. We're not just, <laughs> if you pray right, we get God to do what we want. Right. Like, that's not really right. it. Like Jesus uh, taught us how to pray. And it was really about uh, praying for God's will to be done. And what 
what I've found uh, is that we need to demystify what prayer is. It's just a conversation uh, that you're having with God about what's really important to you and what's going on and kind of opening up and being vulnerable to the person that knows you and cares about you the most. And in the midst of that, oftentimes what happens is my eyes get open and prayer changes me oftentimes more than it changes the things around me. It's also important to remember like what you're praying about. I think a lot of times our prayers are about me and my stuff and what I need. And going through things like the Thomas Fire helps lift our eyes off of our own stuff and gets us praying about other things and other people. That is sometimes one of the most profound things that you can experience when you start praying for other people. You pray for your neighbors, you pray for people that are hurting, pray for the homeless family on the street. Like you start praying for people and your prayer life looks like it's actually trying to help other people. You'll notice that you begin to change and uh, even your anxiety starts to decrease. It's kind of crazy how all that works. Interesting. And this is our Easter show. So it, we're recording now and it will air uh, Easter morning. What's the message you're going to be talking about in church in your Easter services? I mean, everything we talk about is hope driven. So we're going to be talking about the reality of Easter and what that means for us and our faith and uh, what that means by, with Jesus, uh, you know, being alive. And that's a big part, you know, of our story and our faith, like following Jesus and doing what he did while he was on earth and putting our faith there. And so Easter's going to be kind of celebrating what that is. And we use uh, a lot of different creative elements. There'll be music, some spoken word, teaching, that sort of stuff. The main message is going to be you're going to walk out feeling inspired and hope-filled by the end of the day. And the services on Easter, you're having seven of them, Correct. which yeah. is a lot, yeah. which is great. <laughs> Tell us about the, the Sunday services for Easter. Yeah. Yeah, so on Sunday we're doing five on Sunday, and that's our, these are our normal service times. So every Sunday we do 8.15, 9.30, 11, 12.15, and 6 p.m. So that's a normal Sunday for us, and that's what's happening this Sunday. They're all identical services. If you have kids, infant through fifth grade, we have special programming for them. You can check them into their rooms where they're going to have special teaching, and they'll have uh, music. If they're younger, they'll have you know some games that they play and crafts, that sort of thing. But I have five- and ten-year-old boys who love going to those environments, and so it would be awesome to come check that out. Uh, our services are an hour long. People give us feedback about what they like about mission, and it's usually not nothing spiritual. It's like, oh, I love that it's an hour long, and the seats are comfortable, the music's good, and there's coffee and donuts that are free. But that's <laughs> usually it. It's not that the message was good. It's not. It's really that like. But yeah. now I know you preach uh, there, and also Mike, right? Yeah, we have a rotating voice. So like, uh, I'll oftentimes host the service. Mike, our lead pastor, teaches. Uh, his wife Jody teaches. Jen Oaks teaches. Taylor. We have probably five different communicators. We believe that it's good to have shared voices. It also helps too. Just, I mean, people walk in and they're not hearing the same person say the same thing over and over. I notice nowadays with the oncoming of technology and website, podcasts, and all these different ways that technology is being used and and churches are using them in this way too. I want to see if you could share some insight in terms of how you're doing that. I know you guys have a podcast. How do do you guys use technology and what ways is that helping you? Yeah, so we we record the, the teaching every week and we have the audio podcast. We also have a video podcast. And I'd say right now we have about 200 people a week that watch the video podcast. It's not live streamed, it's recorded. And those people range. The cool thing about technology is you can actually see where they're watching it from. So we have a number of people that serve in our military uh, that are you know here in the area and are deployed. And so they're watching from overseas. Uh, people that were here moved to different parts of the country or just traveling, missing the weekend. They'll watch uh, on, online. And so you can do it through our website, missionventura.com. We have an app too that's uh, you can get through our website. You can download that for your smart device. And it's that's probably one of the best ways to interact with mission. The, the hardest thing about video teaching 
thing, though, is that you have to have a screen grab for your, your teaching. And I think our lead pastor realized that he needed to buy more shirts because you scroll through and you're like, he wore the same shirt four weeks in a row. It's, like, <laughs> it's amazing. You know, us guys get in a rotation right. with our clothing right. and don't realize that, like, oh, that's, that's my Sunday shirt. I didn't know that. So, uh, so we're learning yeah, as we go. That's fantastic. Well, the other thing I'll have to ask you, you're wearing the Cubs hat. Mm-hmm. It's baseball season just started. Oh, it's a good start. So how is it being a pastor here in Dodger country as a Cubs fan? You know, I'm an antagonist at heart, so I, I love it. Okay. Uh, it is great. <laughs> what I don't love is that my boys are Dodgers fans. Oh, so, there we go. Uh, there we go. That is when I'm at my worst as a parent is when I'm <laughs> celebrating as a Cubs fan, and they are antagonists much like their dad. Uh-huh. And they've learned it from me, which makes it worse. Then they think it's funny to make fun of my Cubs. And I'm like, that's a, that's a wound that's too deep. Like, we won one World Series, but 108 years builds up a lot of sensitivity around being made fun of as a Cubs fan. So I love it. And before we close, is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I think I would just say uh, we talked a lot about serving. One of the other values we have is throwing great parties. Uh, and so we have we have an event coming up in May called A Night to Remember. It's a prom that we do for special needs kids in our community ages 12 to 25. It's at the fairgrounds. We're going to have over 400 special needs guests. It's a formal night. They get tuxes and dresses, a red carpet, limo ride, paparazzi, dancing, food. It's an unbelievable event. So if you're looking for something that's going to make you feel good, volunteer for that event. It's uh, ntrventura.com. Uh, Uh, It is one of the best nights in our community and one of the best parties ever thrown. So check it out. I love it. Our guest today is Jim Sheldon. He's the executive pastor at Mission Church. You can go online to missionventura.com. And you're always invited to attend a service at their church, Mission Church, which is 2875 Elba Street off Johnson in East Ventura. Jim, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now it's time for the Nonprofit Spotlight with your host, Michael Anderson, on Big Money in the 805. And next, we're going to our Nonprofit Spotlight. Each week, we like to highlight a nonprofit in the community that's doing good work. And today's Nonprofit Spotlight is brought to you by Era Energy, powered by safety, innovation, and community. We help keep California moving forward. Today we're talking with Madeline Hoffman. She's a junior in high school at St. Bonaventure, and she's going to be talking to us about the Ventura Fire Foundation. Madeline, thank you for being on the program today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and Madeline, it's a treat uh, to have you here in studio. Uh, You've done such great work at St. Bonaventure. And the first thing I want to ask you about with the Ventura Fire Foundation, what is this group? What is the Ventura Fire Foundation? So the Ventura Fire Foundation um, basically just works to support firefighters and their families in times of need. Like when a firefighter gets injured or a casualty happens, just providing financial and emotional support to the families. Um, transporting them from uh, medical visits and hospitals and whatnot. Tell us about why this is special to you and uh, what projects they do at the Ventura Fire Foundation. Well, I think it's special to me, especially as the daughter of a fire captain, knowing that if something were to happen, that we do have that support from the community um, and from the foundation. And they do lots of uh, fundraisers and donations and, and whatnot in order to raise those funds. And to get more information about the Fire Foundation, what's the best way that people can connect with this group? Uh, The best way is to go on their website, uh, VenturaFireFoundation.org, and they have a little space on the website where you can donate. So, Madeline, you're at St. Bonaventure High School now. Yes. And what grade are you in? And tell us about St. Bonaventure, if you can. What Are you in sports, and what do you do with St. Bonaventure? Um, yeah, well, I'm a junior at St. Bonaventure, and... Um, 
For sports, I, I swim. It's actually swim season right now, so that's really fun. I really enjoy that. Keeping yeah. you busy. Yeah, keeping me very busy, very busy. And before I let you go as well, I know last year you were a part of this group, that uh, the RILA, Rotary Youth oh, Leadership yeah. Awards. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that experience? Share with our listeners something about RILA. Oh, well, it was just a great experience. I was kind of iffy going into it. I didn't know if I wanted to do it, and I was motivated to do it, and I'm so glad that I did. I learned so many uh, different leadership qualities and just a bunch of things there. It was a great weekend, and I highly recommend it to anyone who has the chance. Madeline Hoffman is our guest today for the Nonprofit Spotlight. She's talking about the Ventura Fire Foundation, and you can learn more online at Ventura Fire Foundation. Org. Thank you, Madeline. Thank you. Appreciate that. And next, we're going to be back with Tim Gallagher with our What's in the News segment. That'll be coming up in just a moment. Gallagher, how are you, sir? I'm well, Michael. How are you? Wonderful. Doing great. And this is our What's in the News segment. is brought to you by FamilyMoneyClass.com, a perfect tool for kids and grandkids to learn about money. For a limited time, you can get it for $48. Use coupon code KVTA, all lowercase KVTA. Go to FamilyMoneyClass.com. What's in the news this week? We have Tim Gallagher, the former editor of the Ventura County Star. He is our correspondent for the news. Tim, what's in the news? You know, Mike, there are some cities in this country where apathy rules in local government. But one of those cities is not Oxnard. They have a recall election coming up on May 1st. And uh, been having some forums this past week and the weeks before. They're trying to recall four of the five current council members this is unprecedented no one's ever done anything like this in ventura county before and pretty rare across the country and for those four seats there are 14 people running for the those seats in case anybody is recalled and they've been playing to these packed forums the uh people the league of women voters had one this week and the place was just crowded they had another one of two weeks before it was sold out they sold tickets for it so you know, you could say a lot of things about Oxnard. I know sometimes people say you know, disparaging things about that city. But those people are involved. They really care about what's going on in their city. And it's nice to see. Sometimes this is a very healthy thing to see uh, the community get activated. Because ultimately, maybe you end up with what you want. hope so. I mean, I'm not sure there's a really good reason for this recall, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, <laughs> fair point. <laughs> Tim, talk to us about baseball. Opening day just took place this week, and I know you're a big baseball fan. Oh, you know I love it, Mike. It's To me, it's like it ought to be a national holiday. Everybody ought to have the day off. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I am to the chagrin of all my Southern California buddies. I grew up in New York, and I am a Mets fan. I am not a Yankees fan. I, don't, I wouldn't care if the Yankees lost 162 games. I don't care about them at all. <laughs> but uh, my Mets took it to the Cardinals on opening day, so uh, it's hopefully a sign of a good season for it. Something to be happy about there. And that's what's in the news with Tim Gallagher. You can learn more and connect with Tim at the2020network.com. And if you have a question for the mailbag or for the show, you can always email tom at kvta.com. 
And before we close the show, Tom Spence, this was our Easter show, and uh, good show today. I really enjoyed Jim Sheldon. That was a lot of a lot of good information he had to share. Yeah, Jim's fantastic. What a great speaker. He motivates you to uh, you know get involved spiritually. And I loved what he said about prayer. I thought that was so profound because it isn't an order system. It's a, a conversation with God, and that was such a nice way to put it. It, it makes me want to go. Yeah, you don't no, think they right. took this, it stirs it, something in yeah, you. Yeah, rather bit. than uh, you know, just what's in it for me. When he speaks, you say, "I get it." I think sometimes we have that image of what church is, mm-hmm. and uh, Jim is not that image, which is nice to see because sometimes that image can be you know gone askew of you know I don't know just not bad things I guess or just not good things and and he you can see it's all about hope it's all about. You know, having something to connect to. I like that he talked about hope. I thought that was cool. I don't go to his church. I've only met him through the Thomas fire, but uh, really like the message he's sharing. So and hope really is neat. the message for the uh, Relay for Life, too. Hope is a great word. And the other thing that was wonderful, uh, the way it's self-deprecating to a degree when he says, oh, people are here for the donuts and the soft chairs and things. <laughs> but you know there's clearly much more to it than that. And uh, a, a real good man and what he did with the Thomas fire and his uh, his church group did is uh, showing, again, what the faith community does for the community. I know for a fact one of the churches in Thousand Oaks, St. Pascal's, is one of the number one blood donors in the county. When they have uh, churches tend to be the groups that really give back to the community. So uh, uh, faith is strong, and it's good in Ventura County, and it's nice to hear, especially on Easter Sunday. It very is. It was a great show today. Really enjoyed it. And that does it for our show. Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805. And a special thanks to our sponsors, the team at Boyd and Associates, providing home security to Southern California, and also Greg Mock of Geico Local Office. If you have questions about the show or questions about your financial matters, you can always contact me at marinantha.com. That's M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com. Or you can give me a call at 805 665 3767. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and join us again next time. Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail, hippity hopping Easter's on its way. Hi, this is Michael Anderson, certified financial planner. I've dedicated the past 12 years to researching different investment ideas. There are no guarantees when investing, but with a little help, you can find the right approach. I have built AllocationLink.com specifically for you. AllocationLink.com is investment management made simple, smart, and low cost. AllocationLink.com can have your account set up in less than 10 minutes. Please visit AllocationLink.com to learn more. Or you can leave me a message at 805-665-3767. Do you ever question if your investments are right for you? Do you own any annuities, retirement accounts, or have other money you want help with? Have you ever wondered what your advisor is making or how they get paid? Get a free second opinion. Talk with Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. Call his answering service today, 805-665-3767. Leave a message and get a call back immediately. 805-665-3767. 